Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast maiden is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we would like to pay respect to their eldest past, present and immersion and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. In today's episode we're speaking to Sue from Carers Victoria. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Kate. Well, I just have to say that Melbourne... We've had some nice days. We have. I don't know when this episode exactly is coming out, but I think there might be more nice days on the horizon. <laughs> I know. Today, overcast. Lightning yesterday, but yes, yes. my legs have been out. Yeah, that, yes. Yes. The, the dresses have come yes, on. Yes, the, the skirts, dresses have been out. Sandals or whatever, thongs, the I don't anti-chafing know. anti-chafing short things. Yeah, it's all back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm very oh, excited to talk on, to Sue. Come on, Melbourne. Yes. So would you like to say hello and introduce yourself? Sure. My name's um, Sue. I'm actually uh, the chair of Carers Victoria, so I don't work in the organisation. And I met um, the lovely um, Mandy and Kate during Carers Week when they were guests for Carers Victoria. Yeah, and we were chatting through the Zoom and we were like, Sue is a P. We need to get her on. We need to get her on. She's (laughs) awesome. I am a P. Thank (laughs) you. So why don't we start with our questions? Yes. So our first question is... Do you have a favourite band or music or songs that either lift you up when you're feeling low or sort of pump you up when you're happy? Yes, I think my favourite song, which my children tell me is now triggering for them, is (laughs) Blinding Lights by Weekend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know know that one? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There was a lot of dancing in the kitchen during lockdown to that. There may even be a video of me that the kids um, (laughs) accused me of having very 1980s dance style. (laughs) I'll accept it. I'll take it. Guilty as charged. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, But apparently the reason that people, uh, my generation, really like that song is apparently there are um, parts to it that do hark back to 80s songs. I I feel like he sounds like Michael Jackson a bit. Yeah, maybe. That's maybe. why I think I'm, when I hear those songs, I think this sounds like Michael Jackson. Ah, yeah, so that's why I think I like it. Yeah, yeah, mm. no, definitely one of my faves. Love mm, it. Interesting. I saw a TikTok recently and it was a person younger than me and he was saying that he must have been like 28 or something and he went out with his co-workers who were like 19 and they said to him, oh, you look so old, you don't put your hands in the air when you dance. Oh, <laughs> What are you meant to do? Oh, yes, you do. Put your hands in your air like you just don't care. We've been told to do this. (laughs) So there are definitely 80s dance moves and we're all about them. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Well, thank you. Awesome. Now, what about did you win any awards at school? 
Uh, I was a house captain and a school prefect mm. at school. So, yes, um, I was a bit of a suck uh, and good <laughs> to choose. Yeah. Didn't get into too much trouble. We won't talk about the time I got caught smoking as Ooh. a prefect. We'll move oh, on. Did you get, we did you get unprefected? No, I didn't get unprefected wow. because it was right at the end of the year. And it, um, <laughs> I'm sure if they'd had the opportunity, they would have, but it was a bit late in the piece. <laughs> I just had to suck it up. <laughs> Do I smoke now? No. Have I smoked since? Oh, no, no. no. It's, Me, it's just Holly a, and I, it's that's a rebellious it. Every morning. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. I Never in the afternoon. I don't Nothing. think you can smoke once you don't wear impulse anymore. Probably because two... that's. <laughs> no, I think, I think you've, uh, you've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time. It was a fun Impulse time. Impulse and Alpine, a heady combination. Oh, <laughs> man. My the memories friend. are flying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can almost smell it. <laughs> my friend's mum only had Alpine. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> when, we, when she was stealing them, that's what we had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just you'd go to, I mean, my parents, very strict Christians, no smoking allowed. But you'd remember going to people's houses and they'd smoke inside. Oh, yeah. It was. Like, oh, yeah. Just not even a thing. No, like, I now know. Now you try and tell the kids. Oh, no. Just go to someone's house with some, you know, honey joys and their mum's just smoking in the kitchen. <laughs> no. Yeah. And in the car. Yeah. Like, car. You'd have to wind down the window because yes. your eyes would be streaming. Yes. Oh, so much smoke wow. being captive in the car with it all. Yeah. I know. And I yep. was telling the kids um, when we used to go clubbing, the – Yes, there were smoke machines, but you didn't really need them because <laughs> the whole dance floor you used to get like ashed on. Or... Yes. Anyway, anyway, this is a weird thing to say. Although, although it did cut mask the smell of um, bo yes. impulse and yes. sticky carpet, which yes. I, I think is a bit sad that actually now you can smell those. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Because there's no smoke to cover it all up, oh, all the gosh. other shocking smells. No, you I can know. Just smell uh, from here. You oh, just, yeah. Imagine working there and going in the next day. Oh, and yeah. Having to that stale. <laughs> anyway, anyway, our favourite question: Why are you a pee? Um, well, I'm a P because uh, I am the mother of four and my older two children were both born with a very rare, like one in a million degenerative um, genetic disorder called mm. Neiman Pick disease type C, right. uh, where they were born very normal and they developed uh, quite normally and then they sort of slow down and plateau and then they decline. And unfortunately, my... Um, daughter who was our second born she was diagnosed first and she died when she was 14 oh. and then our son was diagnosed he was our oldest child when he was I think nine and he died when he was 19. Oh, it's a, it's so a shocking shocking, shocking disease so wish anyone yeah yeah so well let's go so the second child was diagnosed first and then you have two more children mm. and then I have two more yes right. so what was her name Jazz. Oh, oh jazz. jazz. Beautiful. It's jazz. Yeah. Jazzy. Uh, Jasmine, um, but yes. just jazz. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so Jasmine, typical pregnancy, typical birth, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Look, and you ladies have probably been through this when they, st or maybe you haven't, but when you start doing genetic um, investigation, Honestly, the questions they ask you oh. are after you adopted. Are you related? Wow. Can you possibly be related? Oh. Are you, you know, very closed communities? Um, right, of course. Kind of stuff. Uh, and, um, yeah, and eventually it was just one of those things, you know, very um, just unlucky that my partner and I are both carriers of that particular recessive gene. Right. Um, and, that you know, there are a lot of, there are families in America, we had obviously two out of four, which is pretty poor odds given the incidence is obviously one in four. Mm. Um, if you're a blue eye, brown eye thing at school. Yeah. Um, but there are families in America that um, I've read that have had, you know, more than that in their family. So, yeah, most unfortunate. Because it doesn't get diagnosed till later, um, people aren't even aware that it's a thing in their family. Oh, I think most people don't need to be aware that it's a thing, to be honest, because mm. it is so rare. No, um, I mean in the families that have it. Uh, well, you know, there could be families that are carriers that have never had um, yes. an actual, uh, like, mm. you know, we could have had four kids and none of them might have actually had it. Um, and so it could have just been that, you know, we didn't know either and we've mm. passed it on. And, in fact, you know, they do say, you know, who do the children look like? And I think we're just trying to guess, hmm, 
who, who of our parents? Yes. <laughs> How did that come down oh, yeah. the line? Who, who who gave it to us and who back there? So what mm. was the what was the incidents that made you get her tested, or mm. what was starting mm. to happen for Jasmine? Uh, well, Jazz was diagnosed when she uh, not long after birth, so she oh, had okay. very um, significant um, symptom at birth, which was she had a liver that was about ten times bigger than normal. Right, which Poor is huge. Baby. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know they went, oh, that's not right, and so uh, they whipped her over to the Royal Children's Hospital here in Melbourne. Um, which was quite funny because she was in the PICU, you know, the um, prenatal, whatever it is, ICU. Yeah. yeah, and she was a big girl. Yes, she was. to be with all they them. Look, they look big, yes. don't they? Tiny, tiny little babies. And she was so, you know, normal and regular and she was feeding and putting on weight and everything else. And then we had to go back to the hospital on a number of occasions because they just couldn't work it out. And eventually she was diagnosed. They gave her a liver biopsy at three months and had said, we think it could be genetic. Uh, and then they diagnosed her as having Neiman Pick disease oh. type C. There are other types. But what, yeah. what, what, what happened? Yeah, what happened? Did, did the carpet just fall away from under you? Like... Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know the do you know, you know it's not look. Yeah, no, it's not good news when they quietly invite you to come into the hospital for an appointment and they usher you in and everyone's being terribly quiet. Yes. Um, you you know it's not good news. In fact, um, only uh, look some years ago now, but I, I've also I did have breast cancer, which was not a big deal in the overall scheme of things. And if anyone else has, then only as a P mother. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not dissing anyone else's no. Uh, no, no, journey. No. To be honest, mine was really just um, an inconvenience, but I did have to have surgery and radiation. But it was quite funny because I got ushered into a small quiet oh, room. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so like, like, I know this. Oh, I've been here. This and they trigger. Said, um, look, it is bad news. You have got cancer. I've got, yeah, right. Well, I was expecting that because mm. no one's ever invited me into a room like this and gone, <laughs> Good news, you're free. Yeah, <laughs> you're going on a holiday. Yeah, you won fifty and I, million. And then they said, uh, and I said, because um, they said, oh, look, you may have to have a mastectomy and a reconstruction, which I didn't. And I said, oh, great, can I have a tummy tuck at the same time? <laughs> and I think he, I think he thought I was joking, oh, and he no. went, oh, well, look, one thing at a time. And I went, no, I'm no, 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 no. serious. If yes. I'm having that, <laughs> while I'm here, yes. while, while, yeah, fix it all, fix yes. it all. I, I, I didn't get, I didn't get the tummy tuck. I didn't get any. <laughs> Oh wow! Gosh. So no, it's, so it wasn't. Um, uh, yeah, when they said, "Oh, can you come in and have an appointment?" Honestly, and I'm sure you ladies know this too that your intuition um, before I even got there, I thought mm. this can't be good. It's mm. going to be bad, and it was really bad. It was worse than I even yeah, imagined. I don't think I, I could imagine that no. bad. Yeah, because um, other than telling us she had name and pick, which of course I'd never heard of, oh. they said she probably won't be 10 and she definitely won't be 20. Oh, oh, so we went, oh, that's not good. And then I said, I'm supposed to be going back to work because, yeah. uh, you know, two weeks um, from when I was going back to work, we got that news because oh. she would have been three months old, I think, or something. I said, I'm supposed to go back to work. And they said, look, the hospital gave me very good advice and I would certainly share this with any other P's. They said, you just um, do what you were going to do, go back to work and, you know, you don't have to tell work, you don't have to tell people. Mm. And I think um, in my experience, and, you know, maybe this is something that um, you've experienced as well, I don't know, it's different for everyone, but coming to terms with things yourself before telling other people mm. or having everyone asking you questions when yeah. you haven't quite put your finger on yes. it yourself or, or come to understand what mm. it is, I think is really difficult. And so we told a few people and then words started to get out. Yeah. And the worst thing, now tell me that this hasn't happened to you. Maybe we talked about this in the uh, in when we last met, is when people come up to you at, you know, aisle three of the supermarket mm. and lay a hand gently on your forearm and go, how are the children? Yes, oh. the head tilt. Seriously, yes. please don't. No, no, please don't. Yeah. Please. No, not helpful. No, 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 no not helpful. No, because that makes you not want to go out on those days and then think I don't want to have to come up against that. Mm. Well, it's just so unexpected and um, you do sometimes, I think, feel somewhat blindsided. Um, and, you know, particularly if you have asked people not to share your news. Yes. yes. Ready to share your news. Yes. 
unfortunately, that doesn't always happen, does it? No, no. and I, I think it is a real eye-opener for me. It's happened to me two or three times in my life when something sort mm. of big's happened and I've gone, I confided in you because I loved you, but it was gossip to you. Yeah. And it's like a horrible lightning bolt of, oh, okay, and I think you just draw your circle in a little bit closer, you know, but yeah. it is still, you know, we shouldn't have to say this, but if someone tells you something and says don't tell anyone yet. Don't tell Don't em. tell anyone yet. I think it's just, um, look, I'm probably slightly more forgiving. Mm. I think sometimes people were concerned or yeah. they felt that, you know, maybe we needed more support or I, I don't know really what people's motivations are. But I have had um, people since then say that they had told other people and then something had happened to them or and then they yes. go, now I understand. Yes. And as I, as I keep saying it's not about not ever telling anybody. I really think that you need to allow people the space yes. to come to terms themselves with what's going on before having to deal with other people in aisle three of the supermarket mm. with the gentle hand to the forearm. Yes. <laughs> and I think sometimes, I mean, I don't know, I haven't I haven't have lived experience of what you've had, but sometimes you have to give the people around you strength. Because they sort of, it's like a weird thing where they need reassurance that everything's going to be okay or that everyone's going to cope. But you're not ready to give that out yet because you don't have it yourself. And so, yeah, yeah it's like a weird, who who oh, would I be? I, I totally, totally agree with that, um, Kate, because even uh, just recently another incident, another friend's son unfortunately um, uh, passed away. And we were both saying how often when people are trying to console you, they can't mm. hold themselves together and you end up trying to console them. It is just, mm. it's, it's quite weird. So I think if you're, um, if you're, if you're not ready to be in that space with a person who's grieving, and I'm not necessarily even saying about death, it could be just a bad diagnosis or something that's gone mm. on. If you're not feeling strong enough to be in that space and just hold that space to allow them to go through and say what they need to, then maybe just give it some time. Yeah. Because really, honestly, it, it is frustrating mm. when you're in the depths of your own despair and you find yourself going, oh, well, it'll be okay. Oh, yes, oh, like totally. <laughs> I know. I it's know. madness, actually. It is madness. Yeah, yeah. Total yeah. madness. What about then your son? What was your son's name? George. George. Oh, George, what a cute name. George. And, and then so obviously he was older than Jazz. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and so then what happened? What, what did the doctor say we need to test him or how did that? Uh, well, uh, again, I think we talked about um, professionals. We had a very strange um, experience because George started to um, show signs of, you know, tremors and things and I went, oh, that's not good. So we actually made an appointment and we went to the hospital and uh, spoke to one of the genetics doctors and he said, well, you know, he could have it, but what are you going to do? We can't do anything about it anyway. But what are you going to um, do? And he said, what are you going to do? Because you can't do anything about it anyway. It's untreatable, which is true. Oh, um, but he said, and it's not like you're going to have another baby. <gasps> yeah, well, don't say that. I went and had another baby. <laughs> <laughs> me when I'm breathing. <laughs> he goes, how old are you? And I, I don't know, at the time maybe I was 39 or something. Anyway, I had another one when I was 41. He goes, well, it's not like you're going to have any more kids after he <gasps> so asked us how So many assumptions <laughs> and wrong things. Jeepers. So anyway, we had another one. Um, but uh, he said, yeah, maybe you shouldn't, um, th there's no point. And to be honest, at the time, uh, my partner and I felt absolute relief. We thought, oh, thank God we don't have to go through this again. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, then I had an appointment uh, to see mm, the paediatrician. I don't know, you ladies would have the same thing. There's the paediatrician, the neurologist, the neuropsychologist. Yeah. All of them. Mm -hmm. On and on it goes. The gastroenterologist. Yeah. We had the we had the entire suite. I bet you did. Uh, so anyway, I had an appointment. I think with one of the pediatricians, and or maybe it was the gastroenterologist. And I said, "Oh, look, we were terribly worried about George, and we thought we'd have him tested." And we went and saw the you know the geneticists, and they said, "Oh no, don't bother." And honestly, he couldn't keep his face arranged. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> 
so he said, no, I think you should have him tested. So uh, he was tested and, honestly, by that point, um, we were so sure that he had yeah. it. In fact, they forgot to give us the results. Yeah. <laughs> and then I rang him and I went, I think I rang the neurologist and I said, we haven't had the results. And he went, oh, God, really? Yeah. I said, look, honestly, do not invite me into a dark No, 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 no. <laughs> We've been there. Yeah. And, and he said, oh, are you happy for me to tell you over the phone? And I said, I think we already know. Oh, Sue. And so mm. how old was he? Sorry, nine. Uh, when he was diagnosed, yeah. I think he was nine, and he died when he was 19. Oh, and so did he have an understanding? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Mm. But, you know, I mean, I used to just say to the kids, um, you know, which I have often said to other people, not that I feel that I'm ever in a position to give anyone else advice, no. but my own uh, way of dealing with things was let's worry about what we can do something about and let's not worry about the rest. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what we did. Yeah, I think you just got to make the most of whatever you've got, really, don't you? Were they in school, mainstream schools? Oh, yeah. As well? yeah. Oh, no, they went to the local primary school because, yeah. um, well, George was already at the local primary yeah. school. And then eventually uh, Jazz was the first one to go to a specialist school. Yeah. And I felt really uncomfortable about that. I won't lie. I was just going, oh, special school. You yeah. know, she's graded, but her condition was, you know, deteriorating and stuff. And I thought, oh. Anyway, I looked at some special schools and, um, gee, that's a hard, I, I don't know. Have you I got have, yep. My daughter's yep. at a specialist school, yep. Gee, it's I know they don't call them special schools anymore. Specialist. Yeah, specialist schools, thank you. It was so difficult because I went and looked at schools and they'd go, oh, no, this is a school for kids with, um, you know, low IQ. Yeah. We can't have kids with physical disability. Yeah. But, well, I don't even know why we're here. How do we yes. end up here? That no no one can help you or guide you in that. Yes. It's just such a um, hit and miss. I was very fortunate that one of the teachers from the local primary school came with me oh, and she nice. said, oh, I'll come and um, look at these schools with you. Anyway, we ended up with only two options, yes. really. Uh, and then once she started there, um, as much as I, oh, she sort of started going three days to special school, uh, specialist at school yeah. and two days at the local primary. And then quickly I realised how great specialist yeah. school is. Yes. It's fantastic. Like the people who work there were brilliant. The parents were great. The kids were good. Um, Jazz really loved it. She had, um, you know, friends there. Uh, and so that turned out to be actually a really good choice. Yeah. And same with George. George went there too for mm. um, his last two years of school and really enjoyed it. Mm. Mm. And because everything's there, they've That's got right. the activities. They've got the physios. That's right. Just, you know, the one-stop shop. All of that um, stuff makes a huge difference. Doesn't it? It was yeah. just really a relief because also I think finding your tribe. Yeah. Little, I was a bit in the wilderness of by myself. Of course you would have been. Uh, in the local school. And so once I got there and all the staff were like, nah, that's, that's fine, we look after that. Yeah. <laughs> really? yeah. I felt that like too. Didn't yeah. the principal say, well, we're going to take over now? She just said, you must be so tired and we're going to help you now. And I was just like, what? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. what a beautiful thing to say I to know, anyone. because I was just. You were tired. I am tired. Yeah, I've yeah. been trying still to keep tired. her. I'm still tired. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I'll never forget that moment. Mm. No, no, it is quite exhausting. I'm assuming this is pre-NDIS. Oh, yeah, well, pre-NDIS. Pre but can I share my NDIS Mm. Uh, pre-NDIS story. Yes. Uh, I I'm sure you'll appreciate this. So at the school where my kids were, they were doing um, uh, consultations NDIS. <laughs> so they had oh. some person come along and I was sitting next to a dad who was also a teacher at the school who had a child there. And they started off by saying, um, look, this new um, thing that's coming out, the, um, the NDIS, the first thing we'll be asking you is what are your hopes and dreams for your children's future? So, Took Kyle over to him and said, a cure? And yeah. he leaned back to me and went, a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not sure they're going to be able to deliver those. Oh, but that's the best humour together. It's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can the NDIS provide a cure for <laughs> negative disease type C? Not so far. Which, no. which category does that come yes, under? Yes, what bloody line <laughs> item is that? None. Yes. Well, you know, a cure or in his case because uh, his child didn't have a disease, I can't quite remember what yeah. their condition was. He said he just needed a miracle. Yes. Oh, 
that, that's what you've remembered, the camaraderie, the yeah, friendship, a- <laughs> all that. And you can laugh and, and your other friends will be like, we could never laugh about that. Yeah. That's why you uh, need no, peace. No. Yeah. No, no, that, that's no, no one else can say that. No. <laughs> oh, we thought it was terribly funny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It was pre-NDIS. Um, yeah. Mm. So were you like, did your local council come in and give you a respite or how did all that work? Did you get any money? Uh, n- not much really. Look, I have to also confess I was in the very fortunate position that I was still working um, full-time as an executive mm. and we, uh, you know, for if we were going out or something, we'd like to go out, we'd just get babysitters. Yeah. I was a bit worried about getting someone from the council. I'd heard some horrendous yeah. stories um, from some people. But anyway, look, eventually it got to the point I thought, look, I'm going to try the council yes. thing. And a bit like specialist school, we got the carer from heaven. Yes. She was. We had um, a, a couple of them, but one in particular was absolutely fantastic. So the school disco, uh, I'm not going to say where I live or which council. No, that's fine. <laughs> of course. But anyway, um we had this uh, woman and the school disco was on and George wanted to go, um, of course, but we used to always take him. And honestly, when you're 17, do you really want your parents loitering around at the school no, disco? No. no. So anyway, this um, uh, this particular worker said, look, I'll take him. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was actually quite in the rules. But anyway, so she turned up and um, she was going to take him to the disco, which he was very excited about. And then we realised she couldn't fit his wheelchair in oh. her car. Oh. So we were like, oh, that's all a bit disappointing. She goes, okay, outside the rules, I'm going to drive your van and take that. And you yes. take my car. Right. <laughs> good. They're the good people. Um, so yes. I think we- I think we uh, we may have broken quite a lot of rules, oh, well. but honestly, he had the best night. Yes, um, with, That's just what going with, without his parents. And you're That's supposed right. to break rules at seventeen. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then we had uh, another lady. I think was organised through um, maybe the children's hospital because we had overnight respite um, yes. towards uh, only after Jazz was palliative. Yeah, I was about right. to ask. <laughs> Was that through yeah. very special kids or anything, or what? Uh, no, not oh, no, not through um, very special through kids. Just through the hospital, mm. and then they referred me to can't remember. It's all a bit of a blur, but yeah. they were somewhere, and they went, "Oh my god!" Because um, Sass, by that point, I, I had to resuscitate her during the night before oh, so the ambulance. Yeah. She was on a CPAP machine. Yes. She had suctioned and turned every two hours, and yes. whatever. And they went. What and then you go to work yeah. and went, well, yeah, I, I drink a lot of coffee. Yes, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, so oh, women we, are amazing. I Sorry. know I just you want are to amazing. Say amazing. Oh, no, look, I'm, no, no, I'm sure there's no, yeah, look, I know there are. We can always say there are people that do it tougher or harder, but I just want to say incredible. Yeah, you went to work, you kept your career going, and you got up at night and resuscitated your beautiful daughter. daughter. That's I just love women, yeah. I just think yeah. they're amazing. Mm. Well, it did happen, but um, some amazing, and again, I'm not entirely sure of your circumstances, but some amazing uh, paramedics. Mm. Like I would call the ambulance sometimes. We were on the frequent flyer program. 
I'd call the ambulance and they'd come in and, um, you know, she would have, you know, <clears throat> was breathing. Mm. Um, and they said, look, technically we're supposed to take you to hospital. I said, we are not going back no. to hospital. Like, we'd spent so much time in hospital. Yes, I'm not going back. Uh, right now she seems to be fine. Mm. And these um, women, they were women, yeah. the paramedics, uh, one of them probably more my vintage, mm. said, look, we're supposed to take you but uh we won't, um, but just know, because they, they were actually literally driving past our street when they when I rang and so right. they were, you know, and she said, but if you need anything else, just give us a call. So we'll just quietly leave. <laughs> went, Thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah. common sense. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there were some, um, some great uh, paramedics, absolutely, that we had the uh, pleasure of seeing. Yeah. Frequently. Once you yeah. got into palliative care, did that feel like there was more support? Yeah, and you know the thing that sucks about that, Mandy, I felt, is that um, a lot of people do need support and it's all very well when they step up to the line when you've got, um, a, a, dare I say, a deadline, like there's a there's a, an end point. So once um, jazz had been classified as palliative, then, yeah, we had a lot more help. Yeah, you think. Because they, they thought, well, this isn't going to keep going, whereas before that when, yes. you know. Yeah, it's not I don't exhausting. Know, it's a, but it's a, don't you think that system is a bit, I oh, mean, yes. maybe NDIS and stuff yeah, now, NDIS it's probably. very different. It, but, it is, uh, Sue, it is. Yeah. You'd be living a different life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, mm. You had your other two kids. Yes. How old were they in aged, you know, ages when Jazz died? Uh, Sass was three and L was 10. Right. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So quite small. We did travel, though, with all of them. We were like a um, <laughs> travelling intensive care unit. That's amazing. Um, and it is amazing. If anyone out there, like, you know, I just thought, look, seriously, um, we're just going to keep going and do whatever we yeah. we're going to yep. do. Like yep. I thought, I'm not going to let this get in the way. So, like, we were travelling overseas and whatever. But, you know, when you go through customs and you're not supposed to have liquids of more than, yes. of course, 100 mils or whatever it is. I'll tell you what, when you've got, you know, all the um, epilepsy medication mm. and uh, form, tube fed, so we had mm. all that equipment, yeah. incontinent, we yes. had everything. Um, I remember my partner was going through customs and they said, oh, can you just open your um, carry-on, which he did, and he flicked open the lid and it was full of all this medical stuff And because we couldn't, obviously, we had to take it, it with us with on you. the yeah, plane yeah. in case the luggage got lost. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the guy goes, just close the bag and move through. <laughs> <laughs> we saw no so, yeah. There's nothing and, to see. And people were just um, unbelievably yeah. uh, accommodating. So, Where did you I, go? Where did you take them? Oh, well, we went to, uh, where did we take them? Oh, Egypt, Cambodia, oh, okay. I was Laos, thinking. Vietnam. No, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Lots and lots of um, places. But we also used to camp. Uh, and, in fact, when Jazz was palliative, I said, oh, we're going camping. And they go, oh, you're not. And I go, yeah, I am because, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not going to let this. Jazz likes camping. Yes, that's right. Good for her. Um, so for we went her. up to Bright, um, set up the tent, um, had to run a leak. Like, we, I don't know what happened. I thought I'd booked a powered site. Difficult when you've got an oxygen extractor <laughs> in a tent and you don't have power. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, and, I, and I had to suction her and turn her every two hours. So I um I, I went down to the, to the office and said, um, small problem. Uh, I need an oxygen extractor to plug in. And the guy goes, yeah, just run lead from the um, toilet block. <laughs> and uh, and I said, <laughs> we're waking people up in the middle of the night. Um, <sighs> anyway, I just thought, oh, what if uh, maybe I had a cylinder as well, but I definitely needed the extractor. And then I thought, what if I run out? Uh, or I can't get that power lead. So anyway, the hospital at Bright, should anyone be interested, is yes. right behind the camping ground. Yes. So I just trotted up there and there was a lovely um, nurse on duty and I introduced myself and I said, look, we're camping there. Our daughter's 14. She's palliative. In fact, I think she was just before she was 14. Um, if we run out of oxygen, do you have much on standby? She said, oh, yes. If you need anything, you just pop straight on up here. <laughs> back down but in the middle of the night i don't know whether your camp is it's deadly quiet yes and then and then i have to start up the suction with it of course 
but anyway, it um it, it, it was fine. No one complained. No. And in fact, do you know when I was um showering her because uh I'm trying to think Sass must have been about three or two or something at that point. So I'm in the women's change room with all of these kids and you know the the toddler, the one who can't stand up or talk, who's palliative and tube fed. And um, I'm trying to get her. I had to get a camping chair to put in the shower yeah. to actually shower her mm. because under camping ground, yeah. you don't want to, you know, so I've got her in a camping chair, give her a shower, get out. Honestly, the women who just said, "Here, let me help you." Yes, let me. Here, what can I do to help? Do you want me to hold her while you put her clothes on? Can I? Oh. You know, what, what can I do? Don't you love that? Yes. Don't you see? Sometimes in the darkest time in your life, the very best in people. Oh, we've look. We took the kids to Broome when we had uh, four of them, and we went out on a pearl lugger. You know where there's a net. Wow. Big um, wooden boat that okay. they use for pearling. So we're out off um, Broome. The entire boat was crewed by women, so it's an old-fashioned sort of sailing boat. And I said, I really want to get the kids into the net, you know, at the front oh, of the boat. Oh, okay. And the captain's got sass, who at that point I think was only maybe one. I'm going, don't you drop my baby. And she's <laughs> over the end of the boat. She did have a life jacket on, you know, the boat's yeah, yeah. at speed. But then I had to get all, you know, we were trying to get the kids back onto the boat. And the people who stepped up were women in their 50s who I think must do yoga because they were incredibly... Yes strong and capable and they're like here pass me that kid no yeah. there's two of us here we'll take that one yeah it's they're great unbelievably yeah helpful and accommodating oh, but women in their women. 50s because i'm 51 women in yeah. their 50s just brilliant yeah. yeah we know now we don't yeah, care absolutely. And we know what to do yeah that's right yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, man no it is good it is yeah. good that you had do. adventures i'm sure you oh, yeah we do. did yeah we, we, we did have adventures and you yeah. know the, um had a had a you know, as as great as we could make it, I suppose. Yeah, you did. Could. You did. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so but, yeah, and camping, oxygen extractors. And, in fact, <laughs> even when we left the hospital, because J Jazz was, um, she had a peg and was tube fed, you know, you don't have to hang that, uh, mm. maybe you have this, but you have to hang the bag yeah. yep. by their, their tummy. And as we're leaving, one of the nurses, again, I'm going to, luckily people might get into trouble he said, here, take one of these and gave me one of the um, hospital poles. It was one of the old ones that was downstairs somewhere. He goes, why don't you just take that? I said, that would Good, be so brilliant. Cool. Yeah. And there we are in our tent <laughs> with a pole out the front. Good. With the uh, formula in it. Yes. Uh, to, to do the feeding it was it was fantastic it was very kind of them i did by the way i, I hastily add um after jazz died i did return everything to the whole <laughs> <That's laughs> okay. whole. <laughs> oh, what can you tell us yeah. a little bit about the time when she she died what was that like oh look it was look we were lucky she was at home we were at home um you know she slipped into a coma we knew that you know she wasn't coming back from that so mm. That was all fairly straightforward. And I do believe you can have, you know, a good death and that mm. was it. So, mm. yeah, that was fine. And did you have family hey, and fine. friends? Of course it wasn't fine. It was awful. But oh, yes. of course. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have family and friends? Like was your mum around or your sister or like was there people? Uh, no, I don't have any sisters. My parents were here because I had said, you know, this is not going well. She's mm. not going to be here long. Mm. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think. So that was all fairly, as I said, like it wasn't unexpected but still horrendous. Oh. As you know. And yeah. then that I have to keep going, get up. There's other three children that need me. Got to keep going. Yeah, well, that's quite true. And as I said, we returned everything after Jazz died. And then about a week later, George's wheelchair turned up. Oh, oh. Of course it did. But that's bad timing. So, um, yeah, then his decline sort of um, uh, happened fairly well. Like he died three and a half years after Jazz. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I just, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. 
Oh, sorry if I left you speechless. We were talking about <laughs> dunking people. Oh, that's okay. Like it, it, it's <laughs> it's a big story. Yeah, it is a big um, story. Well, yeah, it, it is. It is. And do you know the worst thing? I, I'm sure. Well, it's not the worst thing. There are so many bad parts to this, but um, I'm sure you have uh, the same issue. So um, my business partner, um, uh, look through through a connection of somebody happened to know someone who lived um, down the street from me. And um, she said, oh, you must know my business partner, Sue. And the woman sort of looked reflective for a while and she said, is that the woman whose children died? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I'm now the woman yes, whose children, children died. died. So I'm sure you ladies yes. too, mm-hmm. your circles are known as the women who. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it won't be that the women who have got the fabulous podcast <laughs> make Oh, no, no, no. There's many things people could say about me. (laughs) And they do. We just don't know. Maybe maybe just as well. I don't think when you said we were speechless, I think I was thinking how do you do that grief when you're already in that grief? Yeah, that's what. That's what I was like trying to think. And I know you get no fucking choice, so it's a stupid thing for me to have even thought. Mm -hmm. But, like, you've already lost your beautiful daughter and then you have to back it up and do it again. Yeah, like, oh, well, God. you just do. I you mean, there's no. Do. I mean, like when people when people say, uh, which you know, I'm sure you've had this as well. Oh, you're such an inspiration. Oh, no, 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 no. Look, I did not put my hand no. up. No, not shoot at Skyways and go. Please choose me. Choose no, me. <laughs> no, you did not. Of course, you did not. No, there's. You know, and then you know, some people, which I'm sure may have been said to you, you're only given what you can oh, handle. Oh no, that's against the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because yep. turns out nobody can really cope with anything, but you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's all just perspective, really, it is. isn't it? And um, as you say, you've just got to keep going. There's no, no choice in it, well, really. There is no choice. And it's just it's just a weird thing. And I think that it, it I've definitely learned through having, you know, lots of different things in my life, but having the twins, things that I just would never say anymore. Mm. But I definitely would have said them, you know. like Oh, for sure. Yeah, and now I'm like, what, what, oh. what kind of things do you think that well, you? Well, I think I used to definitely to ask some questions. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed, yeah, of well, course. I think that I definitely would have been like, um, I mean, I definitely we've, we've done a whole episode on people saying, I don't want a boy or a girl, I just want a healthy baby, and I definitely said that. Those words definitely came out of my mouth. And now, as a person whose children are, well, I suppose if you want, they're healthy, as in they don't have a complex mm. medical condition. Um, but I think what that statement means, I don't want a child with any additional needs or disabilities, I think, oh, God, what a horrible thing to say. Like, am I a perfect human? No. But so, I, and I think also things about, um, I think saying to people, I don't have the words for that, even though I know I've said it, is a terrible thing to say because I think you should just sit and listen to them and then just say something because I think that's a... Yeah, I've I've had people say it to me recently. Oh, well, I, I don't I don't I haven't got the word. I don't know what to say. There are no words. I'm like, well, there are words actually. I don't know if they're good or bad. I don't mind if you fuck it up, but some words. It's it's so hard, isn't it? I I think, and I guess um, I always try to think that regardless of what people say, uh, they're in. Yes. They, they don't intentionally. No, no, no say, it's well made. But unfortunately, yeah. In fact, I had another idea um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to write a book, which I probably never do. But oh, I hope you do. Uh, I I wanted to write a book called "Did You Think About That Before You Said It." Yes. <laughs> Excellent title. It's a great title. Yes. I've got lots of friends. I keep saying to them, you can all contribute a chat. Yes. It Just might just be a page. Yes. Did you actually think that through? Did, mm. did, did it go through your mind before it popped out your mouth? <laughs> I remember saying something horrendous to a friend of mine and I'll never get over it and I've since apologised, but I will never forget that I said it. Mm. Um, so that's why we always say we're always someone's rectum. So when we say people are rectums on our podcast, it's the people that, have, that say those stupid things. But yeah, we, we are, are that too. Of course we are. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm sure, but, you know, sometimes just a little moment yeah. of I think my um, – uh, my least favourite of those ones is when uh, it became fairly common knowledge that our children were terminal, uh, that people would say to me, like, I don't know why you would say this to me, oh, when I heard I went home and I gave my kids oh. a hug. When Kate and I just recoiled, that and is I just knew. awful. 
Yeah. So consoling for me. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm glad you're happy. With yeah, you. I remember <laughs> at school and people were like, oh, I, I want my children to be friends with your children so they can learn to be good people. And I was like, no. oh, we're not so- here for your child to grow. No. Correct. <laughs> no. I was just yeah, like. That's another, cool one. that's another great one. Oh, we've learned so much from your children. Oh. <laughs> Good on you. This is I'm not glad. a skill. They can I'm learn like, anything from you. No, but anyway. nothing from you. Nothing from you. So not to be an right. asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Or I make know. no give. No, but yeah, some people do say some things. But as I said, I d- you, you could do your head in. Yeah, so yeah. I try to think that it was um, when people said things that yeah. I just went, really? And I think that's I why just, I think back to, oh, I shudder at things that I've said in my life. Definitely. Because. Oh, um, I'm sure I've said some all, terrible things. That's right. And until well, you but, have a lived experience or a very close experience of something, you can't understand. Like I, th- I think the greatest things that has ever happened to me and hopefully I've done for other people is to then apologise like mm. Mandy did to go, um, I've thought about what I said and that was that was hurtful. I didn't really think about it. And then you can have a whole conversation. And I agree. I think 90% of people are good mm. and they just want to make you feel supported and mm. seen and they don't know how to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And you've got to, I mean, I always think that for many people too, I, look, I think apologising is absolutely yeah. the right thing so to powerful. do. But it, it is powerful. But for many people, I also appreciate that the embarrassment yes. and the shame, I mean, shame is such a strong driver mm, for yes. people, but they just can't yeah, do it. That's which right. case, look, I'm sure you have reflected on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the middle yeah. of the night when you've woken up and thought, God, I can't believe I said yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years later, I'm still thinking about it at three o'clock in totally. the morning. Totally. Yeah. Correct. What Correct. about we've, we've interviewed a few um, peas whose children have died and then there's been this who am I afterwards was that a how did you who were you after George when after George's death then this has all just happened my children have died I was in that world I'm not in that world anymore um look I appreciate because uh I'm just trying to think how old I was uh maybe I was um 50 ish hmm 52 or something oh hang on no I can't no 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 it was but I was before it was before I was 50 mm. and I still had two other mm. children so um so you're in that world yeah and I still was working full time and yes. when George died I was running my own business with mm. a business partner so mm. we were pretty busy I think I didn't uh, although I understand what you're saying because at carers yeah um, we, that that is I acknowledge that for many carers that's a huge, huge transition, and mm. it's a very difficult transition mm. if your, if your, you know, day to day life has been around caring for somebody else. Then, when that that journey ends, then it is incredibly difficult mm. to go. Well, what is my purpose anymore? Mm. What, uh, what, who am I, and what do I do? Mm. I guess. For me, my circumstances were, as I said, I still um, had two other children. Mm. I was still working full time, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, it was, you know, obviously not pleasant, but, you know, I had plenty of other things to keep um, me busy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And when did you get involved with Carers Victoria? Mm. Or were you um, actually just, yeah, just after George died? Um, George died in 2012. And I think I joined carers maybe 2013 or 14. I'd have to check my own LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm scared of all the spam emails I'm yeah. going to get if I go in there. <laughs> I, I think it's 2014. My, my, I don't know about, um, I don't know whether this was because things are kind of blurry or whether I'm just crap at chronology. <laughs> I often find it's really hard to remember the sequence of things or what yeah. year happened but anyway so my business partner and I had a meeting with someone from Carers Victoria actually um, because they knew each other my business partner and this guy from Carers Vic and they were looking for some help with some PR and um, awareness raising and we were having a coffee and I don't know how it even came up but he said oh we're looking for a director um, who's got marketing experience um and uh, Mandy, my business partner, went, oh, Sue's just, um, you know, she's, oh, I was on a 
previous board. I was looking for more board work, etc. And um, so I joined the board, oh, and wow. I had caring experience. So yes. um, I think that was. I think it was twenty fourteen. I could have to check. Wow, <laughs> something like that. About ten years. I think. I've How been. did that feel? Uh what to join the board? Yeah, of Carers well, really, specifically. Yeah, look at. Yeah, it, it was good. I think it just highlighted to me that um, I hadn't heard of um, mm. before that and I hadn't really thought of myself uh, as a carer. Yes. That is a monumental problem yes. you know, for, for all carers because uh, one of the um, somebody who worked at carers years later said to me that her theory, which I had spent a long time thinking about, but I think she nailed it, was that to be called a carer somehow diminishes from your primary relationship, which in our the three of yes. our cases is being a mother. mother. Mm. So, you know, when you rock up to the hospital and they go, are you the carer? Yes. They're on their mother. Yes. Birth to those children. Yes. Um, so, uh, but I think it is important to recognise that um, as a carer, like you're a mother first and foremost, there's no doubt, but you are also a carer because... Uh, you're not running the usual course no. of just of just being a mother. No, and, and so well, I shouldn't say just being a mother. No, I don't no, know no, what no. you mean. And there's that. I, I don't know when that moment happens. I think for me, is was through adolescence, thinking, okay, this is not what other. And I have a twin. She's shooting off on this trajectory, and we're on this trajectory, and this crossover to being a carer. But I don't ever introduce myself as that. But no, 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 and, and but you're you right. Wouldn't. It's just uh, I don't know how to align them together. I don't know if it may, it's more when your children are older. I don't know. I think you actually make a good point, Mandy, because I think when they're small, um, even when they've got disabilities, yes. Jazz did. You know, when they're in a stroller and doesn't, you know, yeah, doesn't really like sort of doing the it's, same thing. Not as a parent, yes. Mm. Um, to everybody else. But I also have a theory that um, that generally uh, in our minds as people, <laughs> humans, we're overcoming a lot of prejudice and mm. disability does make people feel uncomfortable mm. because they don't want to say the wrong thing, they don't mm. want to do the wrong thing. Mm. I think there's avoidance sometimes mm. about disability. There's a reluctance to engage because it makes people feel uncomfortable. Mm. And that's something that I think as a society we're just going to have to get over. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of, you know, it's it's not just disability. It's, you know, things like people who are homeless or that's right. Any you know, sometimes it's even people from different cultures. That's people right. are just so, you know, uncomfortable with the unfamiliar. Uh, and it's very innate, I think, in humans and we have to work very hard to overcome it and we need to work a bit harder. Yeah. Hmm. What, what hmm. changes have you seen in Carers Vic over your time? Oh, gosh, um, so much. Because uh, when I first joined, as I said, that was before NDIS, mm. there's been so much government reform, um, not not just in um, the in disability but also in aged care, mm. in mental health. Um, there's been massive government reforms and the government have rearranged the way that things have been funded um, several times, sometimes more successfully yeah. than others there's programs that you know are trialed sometimes they work and sometimes they just peter out mm. so um uh, look i think there's absolutely an emphasis on trying to make social services work and to be an inclusive community um but we've still got a long long way to go mm. Mm. i think anyway mm. i don't know what do you think well i yeah i mean i i have actually never reached out for support from Carers Vic and I think that's something that I probably will do but I, I think that's come from that I'm not sure if I am a carer because I'm a mum and I mm. don't know. Mm. Oh, no. Look, to all <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that, that because if other people are thinking that, that's why I'm saying that, yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right and I didn't. I remember ringing somewhere or, you know, I got referred somewhere and someone rang me and they said, um, yeah, what help do you need? It's like, well, I don't know. What have you got? Uh, yeah. no, honestly, <laughs> hit me with it all. I, I know, but it's true. Some carers, um, yeah. Well, you know what it's like when you become so um, 
embedded in it and you're living it and it's your day-to-day, it's very hard to lift your head up and go, actually, maybe I could do with some help yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would encourage all your peas to please log on to the Carers Victoria, just Google Carers Victoria and join, sign yeah. up, become a member. It costs nothing. Yeah. Mm reason it's so important that we have um, more members is because we do a lot of advocacy to government mm. and we need to actually, you know, we need carers to be heard and understood mm. and we need to be representing mm. more. I mean, Victoria has over 700,000 carers. Of course. Unpaid carers, yeah. which is a lot. Um, but we need to be um, uh, more connected with those people and we want to be able to survey people and we want to hear from carers mm. to say what they are struggling with so we can advocate on their behalf mm-hmm. so if people could do that that would be helpful. um extremely helpful even if you choose not to engage mm. or you don't want to be part of surveys or whatever you don't have to no. do that but we just need your voice we yeah. need to you to add your voice to the cause yeah so um but the other thing we found really helpful is connecting carers, which I guess is yeah. some of what we do as well. Mm. But, you know, there are ways, you know, there are support groups. And support groups, you know, God, they get a bad rap, don't they? Yeah, they, they do actually. People go, oh, my God, that's people who are falling over. Not necessarily. No. It's often just um, women who are managing incredibly well. Yes. But there's actually some um, men's yep. groups as well um, that are just men. Mm. Uh, it's often people who are managing incredibly well, but to be able to meet with um, mm-hmm. people in similar circumstances yeah. and just, you know, people just say the smallest thing and you go, oh, my God, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yes. We had so a- it's more than that. It's not like, you know, cups of tea and sympathy. No. It's- no. no, it's camaraderie. No, no, no. Yeah. And Correct. Like, Correct. I think it's the same with anything in life, you know, like if you really love, I don't know, basketball and then you start going and then you find you meet someone there and then you get involved and, like, it's just the same. Like, we've got this common interest. We wouldn't really be friends if we didn't have this thing. And then it's every time I meet someone who, you know, I know you sit next to them on a plane or whatever and you're like, you find things in common with people really quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, yeah, support groups are incredibly important. But it just, you know, maybe maybe it's the term support. Yeah, yeah. it needs a different. You're like you're you're wobbly. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, if someone goes, "I'm going to a support group," there's almost there's already a, a suggestion that mm. you're wobbly. Whereas in fact, you might be the pillar of strength yes. that that So That's true. Get on to that. <laughs> but I think sometimes that's where that my worry is too, and I think I can't take anybody else's story on today. Yeah, I, of course. Yeah, of course. And you think I'm, so, I'm full. I see someone coming, and I'm like, I'm full. I'm full. <laughs> I can't. You know. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's those times where I think I can't be that person for mm. other people at this point in time. But then there's other times there's where other I am. T- yeah, that's right. But I think we're all fluid like that. Yeah. I mean, times that you know we're all up for you know providing that support and being strong and there are times where it's like you know seriously not today yeah. today <laughs> not your day yeah. that's all right <laughs> but there's a real strength in knowing there is there is a strength in knowing that and i yeah. think exactly please take the being older. yeah of getting better at it and not yeah. having to be everything all the time yeah and showing other people yeah. you don't have to be everything all the time either yeah some yeah. days, yes, some days, no. Some hours, yes, some hours, no. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What Depending- are your, like, dreams for Carers Vic? Or do you, on the board, what does that mean? What do you, is it strategic stuff? It is, is strategic. That, yeah. It's quite right, Mandy. It's very strategic. <laughs> so um, my goals for Carers um, Vic, um, number one, at the heart of everything, is driving membership. Mm-hmm. Um, we really do. As And if you know somebody, if you know people who know people, please promote it. Put it on your Facebook page. Yeah. Mm. We really need, um, as I said, a lot more people signed up mm-hmm. um, to be part of the organisation because then that will allow us to um, really, uh, I, I use the term to democratise the organisation. So we really understand in real time what carers are going through, Mm. what they need, whether they're getting the support, what support they're not getting, where the gaps are, 
etc and then use that evidence to um advocate to the government as i was saying but yeah. also build up build up a, a much clearer picture like there's such a diverse cohort carers they really yeah. are and i i think um i i, I do yeah so it, it would be great if we had much more representation because they're from every nook and cranny yeah, of course the um, and we we want to know who those people are. We want to connect them. I mean, the vision is that um, we have an Australia that uh, supports, recognises, and values carers. And gives us mm. super. Because, you know, they, yeah. the the amount of work um, carers. Uh, if, if everyone in Australia who was a carer said, "I'm not doing this oh. anymore," oh, imagine over to you, the government. Oh. It would cost well in excess of seventy two billion dollars a year. Wow. Unpaid care. Yes, seven more now. And the the problem is that um, the need for informal unpaid care is going up. Yes, and the propensity to care is going down. Yes, basically because you know people travel, they move into state, they've got busy jobs, they're living overseas. The cost of living, yeah, it's so expensive to live. Mm. So how can you be a full time carer or a part time carer? Because you can't then put food on the table. Like, it's so hard now. Yeah, well, you can. I mean, there are um, uh, there are payments mm. for mm. carers, the carer payment, but yes. um, it's pretty lean. And yeah. as you know, depending on, you know, um, the type of person or, or the condition of the person mm. that you're caring for, there's often additional expenses in caring for people they've they've done some research and I I wish I knew the numbers off the top of my head but of course I don't that the amount of lost um income Mm. that it has over their lifetime and the impact goes on because then they don't have enough super that's right right. that's a huge problem it's a huge huge problem housing can be a problem we're in a housing crisis well if you're a carer uh, on welfare and you're trying to find housing mm. for you and Accessible someone with housing. disability or, mm. you know, episodic mental health mm. issues, mm. it's extremely difficult. It really, One of the really things is. that happened in our house, which is, pro- is universal, I guess, is that we the carer's payment then moved towards my daughter getting the disability pension. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's fine because it's great for her to have some access to some money to buy things off Timu. <laughs> <laughs> Important, Mandy. Oh, because when has anything turned, turned up? Have have the things? Oh yeah, thirty pins to put on her school bag. Thirty. Because she had oh, to buy okay. thirty for like twenty five dollars or something. I was like, what is going on? Are they all different? Yeah, they're all different. She's <laughs> pinned them all on the bag. But you know, that's wonderful. Uh, and then that's similar to her twin. She can go to Macca's and get her whatever she needs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, but that that was a change. Yeah, it's still a change. Yeah, yeah. Is that money I used? Yeah. You know, hospital car parking or all sorts of things. Yeah. Mm. Not it is so expensive. All that incidental stuff like car oh, huge. at the hospital, yeah, huge. that breathtaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is so expensive. It's a, it's a, actually, it's, it's, it's so wrong. Yeah. They cannot have public hospitals where they outsource the parking and make money <laughs> off it. It's just There's not a human I've met who goes, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great fair. idea. That's a good idea. No, we all hate it. <laughs> But and it's yeah. one of the things when people go through it and they go, oh, yeah, that's bad. Mm. Yeah, that is so bad because let me guess, um, how how easy is it for either of you with your children to go to an appointment on public transport? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's right. And in Melbourne it's a tram. Yep. You know, yeah. Train. Train. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A light rail. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not, probably or not. not. And then yeah. the whole Optus network goes down and another train Oh, my gosh, yesterday. Mm. Anyway, yes. anyway, let's get well, back to it. Well, before we finish, is there something you'd like to tell us about that was, like, really amazing about your children? Oh, look, absolutely. They were just such gorgeous people, mm. um, uh, much bigger people than, than me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, George just had an incredible knack of EQ. Like mm. he would say to somebody, um, like uh, you know, a friend of ours who was just over one day and goes, "Gee, I love your watch." Mm. To a guy who was nearly sixty, and he goes, "Oh my god, my father gave me." The watch. <gasps> you know, he just seemed to have that um, yeah. incredibly high EQ. Mm. 
Um, and Jazz was just very cheeky and very <laughs> funny. Um, she did have a bit of a tiff with one of the other girls at um, specialist school because there was one boy that they both really liked. <laughs> the big deal. <laughs> I mean, that is it's really big in the universe. specialist schools. Yes. yes. <laughs> Even when she was very small, uh, you know, I'd say, what do you want for breakfast? And she'd say, I would like porridge and make it snappy. <laughs> <laughs> she, she used to be able to do things like a drop kick and click her fingers. And yet, you know, really, wow. her disability was even the physio would go, I don't know how she died. <laughs> explain uh, how she can do a drop kick when you know she had just the worst gait and and very unstable but I took her to Oz kick when she was little and somehow she mastered that uh, the finger snapping I taught her that but you know after a while the make it snappy <laughs> thing is doesn't she know porridge sometimes it's too hot sometimes it's yeah. too cold it's hard to get it just right <laughs> yeah well as long as it got there quickly she was okay. <laughs> sounds like she lit up the room Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, it's thank been you. So, so lovely to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for okay. sharing. Your I think you light up the room. I think so you I, do you too. Can tell Sue. Your children would. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are doing tremendous work for our community here in Victoria. So thank you. Yeah, we love Carrie. Because I'm sure there's days where you just think, I don't want to go to that board meeting. But you are doing an incredible job. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So if we listen to what Sue said. Numbers are important. Mm. So if you're in Carers Victoria, join them. Anywhere around Australia, there is a... Pardon? If you live in Victoria, join... If you live in Victoria, join Carers Victoria. And then if there's an equivalent for your state around Australia, join them. You don't have to go to things. You don't have to do things. But let's get the numbers up, hey? Yeah. And like she said... People don't listen unless there's a lot of people saying something. Yeah, that's right. So that's all they need. I think they just need to go, look, we've got 25,000 people in our email list or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably going to take you three minutes. Yeah, join. Go and do it and then go get a donut. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Peas. Bye. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.